This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this beautiful Thursday, February 6th. We're so glad you have taken time out of your day to join us here on Morning Breath. You are part of the Morning Breath family. What we do on Morning Breath is we read a chapter of the Bible. That's kind of our morning devotion thing. Sometimes we read it at night before we go to bed, get up next morning, read it again, spend some time with Jesus, spend some time praying, thinking about what we read, and uh, then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. And so uh, my co-host today, because I keep saying we, is Pastor David Gammon. How you doing, Pastor David? I'm doing great, Pastor Dan. How you doing? Awesome. Do you need that mic closer to you, or are you just going to lean into it like that? Well... I've, and I'm not trying to ruin the listening for anybody, but I breathe really heavy. And when oh, I read God. the Bible, I forget to monitor my breathing. Got so it's you. like I'm going to lean in to talk and lean back lean to back breathe. Lean back to breathe. Very good idea. Hope he doesn't pass out. What do you think? Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about uh, where how they get involved in Morning Breath. Absolutely, man. Great way to get involved in Morning Breath is to get our app, we have an East Coast app. Just go and honestly, that's a great way to get anything East Coast. Just go to wherever you get your mobile app. It's put in East Coast, and you should see it's a white cross with a blue background. You'll get the messages from the weekend experience. You'll be able to get morning breath uh, episodes. You'll be able to get a lot of the resources that we have at East Coast Christian Center. Even uh, finding a small group to join in, uh, locations, a lot, a lot of different stuff. It's a super useful tool. Another way is go to our website. That's eccc.us. You'll be able to see the morning breath icon there. Just click on it. We'll be able to tell you the chapters we've been into, the chapters we're going into. Uh, lastly, you could also call the front office at 452-1060, and we'll be able to take care of you. Yep, we'll send you one in the email, do any of that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. It, we'll mail you one in snail mail, too, if you need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. However you want to do it, we want to get there. And and really, there's a lot of ways in this day and age we live in right now to do a morning devotion or to spend some time with the Lord. This is one of them, and I would recommend if you don't do one, uh, get on board. And if you've said, oh, man, I haven't been on Morning Breath in a while, I haven't done this for a while, great, welcome back. Get started again. You know, we've all had seasons of uh, on again and off again. There's no, uh, you know, Apostle Paul isn't in this room as far as I know of, or Jesus. Amen. And so we've all had issues with that. All you do is get back on the bike and start riding again. Come on. It's powerful. Change your life. It really will. I know that for me. Um, before uh, I was able to go to school, Bible school and all that kind of stuff, I was in ministry for almost 15 years. And really, my ministry was reading the Bible. <clears throat> my my Bible school was <laughs> reading the Bible, you know, and just, just learning. And, and it's there, and it's available, and God wants to speak into your heart through it. We don't really have a ton of stuff going on, but one thing we do have going on right now that we want to tell you about really fits in. East Coast Christian University starts new classes tonight. So every every month we start a new class on Thursday evening. And so we would love for you to get involved in in that. I mean, you you should be doing a morning devotion. You should be going to church. But the truth of the matter is, it is tough to really grow and change with as little uh, scripture as you get into your life by going to church for 30 minutes, you know, of message each weekend. And this is three hours of intensive uh, getting into the scripture and studying. It'd be great for you if you're 
thinking about maybe going into ministry some point, or even if you just want to become a more uh, biblically literate Bible-believing Christian guy, that'd be, or gal, be a great thing for you to go to. So you could uh, call the church and uh, ask for uh, East Coast Christian University. We'll get you dialed up, and Casey will talk to you about getting in classes, and it's affordable, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it radically changed my faith walk, because when I read the scripture now, I'm able to understand what is going on. Now, I don't, I'm not I'm not a genius by any level, but I'm able to look at the Old Testament and I'm able to speak into it in the New Testament and kind of know what's going on on a level where I didn't know just myself. The university was an incredible tool. It was a game changer for that. I still remember, place. David, when you came up to me up front mm-hmm. after a message and asked me about school and talked to me about you know, finances and how do you do it? And uh, God, I just said, you know, really the keys, believe God, take a step and see what God does. Take a, you know, take a step out there and see what God does. And you did. And God met you. And it was incredible. It was life changing. I remember because I, I did, I didn't, I did it out of uh, innocence. It was not a test or anything like that, but yeah, right. it was like first couple months of being saved within the first year. And I was like, I only have money to tithe or go to the university. And you said, if I tithe, then the university will be there. And sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. And uh, when I got the degree, I'll never forget that. So I want to encourage anybody yeah, out there cool. listening right now, man, be generous and God shows up. Awesome. Well, let's get into the chapter. We've got a long one today. Yes. Uh, we're in Luke. Luke's, all of his chapters are long. Uh, that's just the way he's, he's a, he's a, I don't know. We didn't put the numbers in. He just kept writing about what was going on with Jesus. But there are 62 Verses. I'm going to read the first 31. Okay. And take it halfway, and you can take it the other half. I'm going to read New King James. How about you? Uh, NIV. Let's do it. Okay. Well, then I say to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bad, nor bre- bag, nor bread, nor money. And do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was being done by him. And he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead. And by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see him. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitude knew it, excuse me, they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitudes away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. Then he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of fifty. And they did so and made them all sit down. 
Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him, and, and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? So he, they answered and said, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say that one of the old prophets is risen again. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what will it profit, <clears throat> what, excuse me, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? And is himself destroyed or lost. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed, even when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, and who were, excuse me, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw the glory they became fully awake. They saw the glory of the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at the time what they had seen. The next day, when they had came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him. He suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started amongst the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw a man who, 
driving out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him, but because he's not because he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for who is ever is not against you is for you. As the Samaritan opposition, as, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into the Samaritan villages to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciple James and John saw this, they asked the Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them and they were and they went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to them, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> that was a mouthful. It was. Or 30. Or 62, actually. So what stood out to you, Pastor David, as you read the chapter today? It's uh, just got so many directions it goes. It's so many things are going on in this chapter. I'll just say this. I think this is interesting. And I don't understand this fully, but, you know, it, when it says, but they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them so that they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. And basically the saying was that he predicts his death. The truth of the matter is Jesus, uh, I believe if I, if I understand this correctly, spoke of his death four times in the first three years of his ministry and then 10 times in the last six months. Mm. And I get it. It's, he's getting closer and closer to that moment when his life, you know, would, was going to end. He'd talk about it more. But it says his disciples didn't even comprehend it. And uh, just think it's super interesting here that going on. And I just wonder how much stuff in my life um, at times I don't comprehend. I don't see, I don't understand. And yet, you know, it's all right because maybe someday I will. <clears throat> maybe someday it'll all come back to me. Maybe someday I'll understand why I, you know, maybe experience this or why I learned that or or all that. And I think that's where trusting God goes in the long, on the long term in your life. But that's just one thing that stood out to me. I was wondering what really stood out to you in the chapter. Man, I honestly had something all prepared that was all like super wise and deep and tweetable and all that. But when we were reading, like something just popped me in the nose and I've, I've never seen it before. And it says how James and John are like, when they're rejected by the Samaritans, they're like, should we rain fire down? And, and I've always looked into this as like, man, that's a heart set issue. That's original and, UFC. Uh, exactly. And then when we're reading this, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit on my heart said, they just saw Elijah. Like, they just saw the fire rainer. They wow. just saw the guy. So really what they're doing is emulating what they set their eyes on. Mm. You know, they probably were still talking about, oh, did you see Moses? Oh, did you, oh, did you see Elijah? Oh, me and you and Peter were up on that, that transfiguration mm. moment, yada, yada, yada. But... Really, we do that as Christians sometimes. We put a podcast in front of us. We put a teaching in front of us. All of a sudden, that becomes the main thing of what we must do. Instead wow. of what Hebrews 12, 2 says about setting our eyes on Jesus. And they, they should have went back and said, Jesus, the Samaritans are not receiving us. Jesus, my work or my, my family is not receiving me. What do you want me to do? 
You see, they gave Jesus the solution, mm. you know, and their, their solution was based on who they last had their eyes on. And that was Elijah. And I don't wow. want to, you know, I, I want to always bring, bring something that stumps me yeah. back to Jesus and say, Jesus, will you give me wisdom on this instead of yeah. wanting to rain my own fire down? Yeah, and, and we're not certainly not saying don't put your eyes on you know godly stuff. Totally, totally. You know you should, and you should be learning that. But just because you saw something, doesn't mean that's the exact answer and the exact way you need to handle it. Everything uh, sort of filters through the Lord. And we might might say that that way. You know, that's an amazing progression they go through here. It, it it's cra- crazy. So they can't heal this guy, <clears throat> this guy's son. And uh, Jesus comes in and he heals him, and uh, then he predicts his death. And so then they start fighting about who's greatest. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, no offense, guys, but come on, grow up. It's, it's easy for us to sit on the outside and look at this and kind of be judgmental or do what I just did, tell mm-hmm. them to grow up in that situation. But the other thing I think happens in this, not only did they put their eyes on something— but uh, when when Elijah called down fire from heaven, he didn't kill anybody. <clears throat> he burned up a sacrifice. Wow, good point. And so there's a big difference between causing fire to come down from heaven for something sacrificial to help. Now, don't get me wrong. He had the prophets of Baal killed after that, but it was not the fire mm-hmm. of heaven that killed them. And... And these guys went from jealousy to murder. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven on them? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much, let's, and they're talking about a city here. This is a city with babies, little, beautiful little six-year-old girls, mm. you know, 10-year-old boys running around being, you know, what 10-year-old boys will be, mm-hmm. moms and dads, and even though they didn't receive Jesus— and that's not good. We see the love of God here, and God's saying, man, you don't know what spirit you're of. Now, your translation, the NIV, leaves all that out mm-hmm. where it says, uh, you do not know what manner uh, of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy his men's life, but to save them. That is actually not in the NIV translation, I, you know, which I think is regretful. But Yeah, it just says Jesus rebuked <clears throat> them. Yeah, and so the, what he said uh, is is in the... The, well, I don't want to go into translations and all that right now. But the point of the matter is, Jesus is saying, look, you just don't understand who you know who your father is yet. You don't really understand who I am yet. I'm not here to, to judge people. And I get where it was hard because when John the Baptist kind of led the way for Jesus, he talked a lot about judgment. He talked a lot about, you know, the fire's going to burn, it's going to be hot, and he's threshing his winnowing, with his winnowing fan, and all these things are going to happen. And even in the last chapter, we found John the Baptist asking Jesus, are, are you the one, or should we look for another? And one of the reasons is because of all the grace and mercy Jesus has shown to everybody when John's kind of prophesying, you know, his second coming, and Jesus is kind of living his first coming— uh, going on here, and so it's a it's a pretty amazing time. But what what got me about this is they were jealous, which we've all had issues with that in our lives. But the dangerous thing is that jealous jealousness and arguing uh, morphed over into murder, mm. and that's the day. That's why Jesus said things like, "He who hates his brother is a murderer," because that kind of stuff 
never wants to stay within the limits we think it's supposed to stay in. You know, you we've all lashed out at someone we've loved deeply, our wife, our husband, or whatever the case may be, that you you never dreamed when you met them and were dating and courting, you would ever lash out like that mm-hmm. at them ever, ever in your life. But those boundaries are always eclipsed. And man, I'll tell you, we just that just shows how much we need Jesus. Come on. And I, I like the progression is is, is real. And it happens to all of us. I, I love that analogy of like when you're dating and we're courting, mm-hmm. when you started the romance, you would never dream of doing that. And I think we all can be real and transparent for a second and say sometimes the person we're coldest to, meanest to, mm-hmm. is actually people closest to us, whether yep. it's a, a spouse or a loved one. I love uh, that that this feeding of the 5,000 is kind of like Jesus is actually is actually mm-hmm. helping develop the disciples again. I don't want to say testing them, but seeing if they're picking up. Because you see them say, man, how long do I have to be with you guys for you guys to get the yeah, picture here? Yeah. Because Jesus had a moment with a woman at a well. And when he has this moment, this woman at the well earlier on, one of the things the disciples say to him is, hey, don't you want some food? And he's like, I got food you don't see. And then he has a spiritual conversation with this woman, also along the lines of, I've got nourishment that mm-hmm. you don't see. Yes. I've got more than what you physically know. You've got water you don't, you don't have to ever come to the well again for. And, and here's the disciples now coming up to him saying, once again, how do we get physical, earthly nourishment to people? And he's like, okay, you missed it at the well. I'm going to show you now. Break these people off in the groups of 50. You're about to see what the kingdom of heaven can do. Because the truth is, that is... The kingdom of heaven is more powerful than anything we can picture here on earth. Mm. All right. Can I scientifically explain the breaking of the the feeding of the 5,000? Absolutely not. But it reassures me that God is bigger than my finances. God is bigger than the medical report. God is bigger than anything that can happen inside of the natural. And it just simply says, Jesus blessed the food. Jesus blessed. He allowed heaven into his natural and when we do that as people, expect the miraculous, expect the, the expect God to show up, and He does, and it's it's an amazing thing. Here's the other thing about that that I think is really important: that um, they basically come to Him and say, "Send them away." You know, they get interrupted; they're going away to have a time apart. People follow. He ministers to them, and then the disciples, in their fatigue, say, you know, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place. And then he says, you give them something to eat. Wow, that is a challenge right there. And uh, then he, they, he's, there's 5,000 there's 5, people, and they come to him and say, look, for there were, uh, wait, let me see where that's, okay, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. And they knew they couldn't because they didn't have that kind of cash on them. And so what do you do with five loaves and two fish? It's it, We do know from another gospel, it's a little boy's lunch. Mm. So when it says loaves, it's not talking about, you know, these big French breads or loaves as big around as a round table. He's talking about a little boy's lunch. So there's two small fish and really probably five rolls, you know, roll-sized uh, loaves of bread. And you can't, that's just a tiny amount. It's enough to feed a little boy. Mm-hmm. So here's the, the truth that I love in this is you take your little and give it to Jesus Come on. and it becomes much. You take what won't meet the needs of the people around you and give it to Jesus. And he takes 
what you give him and does with it what you can't do. Come on. And I just think it's a great picture of of how we should always be coming to the Lord with with our little, just like going back to your schooling. You didn't have the money to go to school, but you took a step and you believed God. You gave that part of your life to the Lord. Come on. And that little became much. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. East Coast Christian Center would like to invite you to join us on a 10-day Israel Bible study tour led by co-pastors Dan and Matt Staubaum. The trip will take place March 9th through the 18th, 2020. The total cost is $3,995. For more info or to register, sign up at eccc.us slash Israel trip. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. Hit it, Pastor David. Well, when we're reading through this, it talked about how the disciples, after feeding the 5,000, had all the leftovers, but they had a full day worth worth of serving people that that were breaking the groups of 50, and there's at least, you know, maybe 15,000 people, actually. So when we look at that, they had worked a 10-hour, 12-hour day. When you go back through Scripture, you kind of see God with Jeremiah, with Moses, with Gideon, with David. There's exhaustion points 
with Elijah, <laughs> and then God shows up. So if you're right now at an exhaustion point of your life, don't feel it's because God is being absent. We might He might be allowing us to get all of our options that we thought were the mm. best thing yeah. out before he has to fight through us to get his will into our ways. Wow. And it really comes. And that's why now I'll pray. Lord, if I need to go to exhaustion, okay, but I would prefer to just take a knee now to what you have for me, because yeah. I know your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and that's what I want to be walking in, because that's where the blessing's at. Absolutely. Even the little, the dad and his boy, mm-hmm. it's another p- example of nobody could fix him. I even brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't fix him, mm-hmm. and Jesus showed up at that point. Uh, he's never late. Come on. But sometimes it's the midnight hour. Anyway, God bless you guys. Keep believing. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.